Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm excited to be talking to Cheryl Ahead about her latest novel, Time's Undoing. Welcome, Cheryl. Oh, thank you, Dan. Great to see the cover again. <laughs> it, so I'm going to show that again because it's so hard for me to figure out where to place the darn thing. It looks good there, yeah. So tell me about the cover. Did you have any part of the creation of the cover? Yeah, a little bit, a lot of input. Uh, the okay. folks at uh, Penguin Random House did a wonderful job of giving me lots of choices. And at some point we talked about doing something more abstract and what the designer came up with that beautiful tree hair and and I said the only thing missing is I want to see my grandfather there Mm. because that's part of the story and then they added it that's his actual picture the one photograph I have of him oh how nice I like that well I like the roots growing from the hair and the person that amazing it is amazing and that's the designer beautiful job yeah what a great job so that sort of gets us into where this is. So this book um, is a fictionalized version of something that happened in your family. Is that correct? That's that's correct. Um, in 1929, my grandfather was killed by Birmingham, Alabama police in an incident my family knew very, very little about decades, as you can imagine. And I'd always talked about to my mother, uh, who was two at the time, about writing the story but I thought I just didn't have enough to really give the story justice. Um, when Floyd, uh, George Floyd was killed in March, 2020, that's when I was resolved to write the story though. And I started the very next day. Oh, that's amazing. It's, uh, so you, you seamlessly go back between 2019, that's our current day characters, okay. right. and 1929, which is our ancestor characters. That's right. It's a, it's a very, it's a unique thing. Uh, sometimes I think it works really well. Sometimes I'm like, okay, that's cute. Yours okay. works really well because you there are things that happen in both 2019 and 1929 that sort of sows a thread among yeah. your characters. Yeah, we were very careful to do that. I said we, my editor, really helped me to make sure that sequencing was there that we were hitting some themes that were common to both. And so I wanted to have it as a kind of a seamless interweave so that it wasn't jarring. I don't think, I think we did that okay. (laughs) Yeah, you did more than okay. I I thought it was so well done. And as I say, it's not an easy thing to do, Uh, or at least I don't think so. I'm not a writer, but I don't think it's that easy. But you did it in a way that, and you made all the characters, good or bad, interesting and i wanted to know more about them okay so give us a tell us what happens in 1929 or how we get to what happens in 1929 yes yes so we i mean the book opens in 1929 i wanted to I got some advice about establishing this right in the middle of crime fiction so we i wanted to start off with a pro, prologue that set that up and then I wanted to kind of establish that we were seeing the beginning of the journey of this this man who was my grandfather, the great-great-grandfather in the book, uh, begin his journey, begin to kind of reveal some things about him. So we see him leave, we see him d- 
resolving to leave St. Petersburg where he lived because he was this proud man. I was always told he was this very proud man who was a dandy and he had a fancy <laughs> car. And so I wanted to put all those elements in there. Um, but he finds himself in trouble because of his pride. Mm -hmm. uh, prideful black man in 1929. That didn't sit well with a whole lot of people. Mm -hmm. So we see him begin a journey to go to Birmingham to work temporarily as a carpenter uh, and then eventually bringing his wife and daughter with him after he misses them. And then in the 2019 chapters, I really wanted those chapters, Dan, to uh, have some appeal to younger readers because I, I, mm -hmm. I know this is old history, but I wanted to have a way for younger readers to find themselves in the narrative. And I thought, who better than a journalist, a young journalist, mm -hmm. would have kind of the, the chutzpah, the, <laughs> the resolve, and the tenacity mm -hmm. to follow the story. And then, of course, the personal element of the journey having this man be her great-great-grandfather. So it, it felt like an interesting way to get into the story and to have a contemporary setting to make the connections which I wanted to make, which is these these extraordinarily violent interactions with Black people and police are not new phenomenon, mm -hmm. that they are decades and decades old. And the the Black Lives Matter movement just brought it to our current consciousness. Mm -hmm. And thankfully so, you know, it's Cheryl, I grew up in the South and mm -hmm. uh, I've said this often, I've seen racism. I've been very fortunate that it wasn't directed at me, but I've certainly seen it. It is yeah. alive and well. And I'm ashamed of the fact, not because of my race, but I'm ashamed of the fact that we as a society have not gotten past this. It's, yeah. it, it, and, and then along comes people who are at this day who are very bold about saying everything they can to harm another human being. And I'm like, this is, we, we are advancing the ball, but the other team is difficult. Yes. Uh, we, I, you know, wanted to say to people, stay vigilant and watch yes. for this. We don't want to repeat those past errors, but we are moving really quickly back to a really dark days, I think, in our country. I agree with you. And I tell you, it, it, it's, a, I'm fearful of it because I'm, yeah. I understand that hatred doesn't go away. Um, you can control it, you can learn and move ahead, but mm -hmm. it exists. And what we see are people being more and more bold. And that, of course, is something that your book touches on so greatly. I mean, we talk, well, you talk as the author about events that happened in 1929. And yet we see even in today's world that ringing the wrong doorbell oh. I, I mean, it's, it's mind boggling to me that people don't value someone else's life right and are so and so quick to discard people yes. you know, say yeah. these people don't matter at all i don't care about those people yeah. and i and I, I know it's done out of fear you know i know it's tremendous fear and as you say it used to be we might hold those thoughts but we didn't put them out there because we had a sense of civility and Yes. You know, getting along with people. But, you know, I think since, you know, who got into office, <laughs> whose name should I be mentioned? <laughs> totally agree with you, Cheryl. You know, so that was one thing that struck me very early on in your book. And yeah. you talk about the fact that you heard growing up that your grandfather was proud. Yes. And I think to myself, 
How wonderful is that to take pride in your appearance, to take pride in your work? Uh, but even as a child, my mom would say, uh, don't be too proud. I understand right. what she right. meant, but unfortunately she was wrong. We should take pride in doing the right thing and doing the good thing. And that's what we see in your character, Robert Harrington. I, he does the right thing. He's a good egg, and I like that. <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure I painted him not as some kind of glorious saint, but as, you know, with the flaws of a human being. Yes. And as a black man, you know, being prideful was uh, could be a death sentence for you. But I don't think he would have put that aside. I think that was part of his character, you know? Yes. So I wanted to show that. I also wanted to show that he was a flawed man, you know, that, yes. you know, and you'll see chapters where we talk about the things he, he does that people might say, oh, that's not so great. So I don't, you know, I, I didn't know enough about him to paint uh, a picture that was filled with the truths about him. But based on what I heard and the love I heard it with, I wanted to inculcate his character with both the positive things and some of the negative negative things about his character. But he's, a, like you said, I think he's a righteous man. Yes. And um, he couldn't shun his pride in his self and his, he loved being a carpenter. He was so proud of his abilities to do that. And that that is a piece that's true about him. Oh, I love that. And he loved his family and he was very protective. And that's yes. important. Yes. I mean, you know, it's that... You see the love and you see the love between he and Anna Kate yeah. and and the family as it as it sort of gets larger and larger in different ways. The people they come in contact with. Yeah. There was quite a bit of mystery in it, too, because I was never sure exactly who in the boarding house was on their side and who wasn't. Yes. So well done there. <laughs> yes, I did want to paint a, a broad picture of community as extended mm -hmm. family. And I think that's what got Black people through those horrible days of Jim Crow, you know, that we, even even when people lived in fear and people lived with laws that kept them in their place, mm -hmm. um, that they still found ways to thrive and have community and family and joy and yes. love. I wanted yes. to have both those there. And I think that's important because really you and I got here because our parents and grandparents yeah. uh, survived. Thrive, right. moved ahead. Right. Whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, they still got us here, That's which right. is important. Right. I love, I love Megan. She is, as you say, tenacious. She's very forward. Who is Megan in our book? Yeah, Megan is our you know contemporary uh, protagonist in the 2019. I I grew to like her. I didn't know her. I knew my grandfather or, or thought I did. But I grew to really love Megan, and I, mm. you know, she has the best parts of all of me for sure. <laughs> lots of <laughs> uh, lots of other people, but I've seen her. You know, I've seen her mm. and the young people who are so vigilant about social justice in our country, and we need them because they're the ones who will save us if anybody can. You know, uh, she's a bit of a black nerd. You know, she mm -hmm. kind of admits to that. She comes from privilege because she's got two professional parents who have helped her to get ahead. You know, mm -hmm. she acknowledges that. But as a journalist, she also wants to be seen as a person who really knows how to do her job, despite her youth. She's only 28. She's the same age Robert was when he was killed. Oh, I hadn't so noticed a, that. It really, yeah, it really is a book about young people. Some people have said the language seems too simple. And I'm like, 
Robert was 28 when he died, you know, and an uneducated man, except that he knew how to work with wood. So um, I wanted to show Megan as a person who had a lot of courage, a lot of tenacity, who's very smart, who wasn't the easiest person to make friends with, mm -hmm. and, and, and who knew how to maneuver in a community where she was talking to older people. And she, you know, she's, I think that was the nerdy side of her that allowed her to really uh, forge some relationships with older people. And I think that's important too, because, you know, there is, there's a, a, a long age range in our current setting with this yeah. book. So Megan is 28, but she yeah. encounters people who are in their seventies, eighties, and even early nineties. Right. Right. And, She's very respectful, which was something that I noticed and I was very appreciative for. She's on she's on a journey, but she's right. still respectful. That's right. And she's got the parents who are having that ongoing conversation in some families about the South yes. and not the South. <laughs> so her father is a Southerner who's, who loves and understands the South. And her mom is this Northerner who, you know, has heard about the South through the horrible incidents that have happened there through the civil rights movement. So, you know, she's kind of in the middle of that, uh, but understands because her father helps her to understand, you know, how, how you negotiate with older people. When you go to the South, this is the, do a lot of listening, don't do so much talking. You know, kind of so I wanted to have all those cultural references there. And I love that. So I think that that's something that I easily picked up on that it was, um, you understood the Southern voice as well as someone being from Detroit, but you understood the Southern voice in your book. It was, I, it was very clear to me when I was listening to Megan being in Birmingham or with Robert and Anna Kate, there is a cadence to a Southern voice and it is not always the voice of someone from Montana. And so that was something that I noticed and picked up on uh, little well, words here and there. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Dan. Really, uh, I appreciate that. And I, you know, with the church secretary, and one of the things that you, again, that you picked up on is it's not always easy to let everyone in if you've had a long life and you've had a difficult life. The church secretary mm -hmm. is painted as someone who has a good life now, but it's understandable that she's seen a lot having yeah. grown up and lived in Birmingham. Yeah. And I felt I, like you picked up on those voices. Yeah, I, I love the old women in the book. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, oh. I've seen variations of them throughout my life, you know? <laughs> I, and, you know, they they wield some power too. <laughs> yes, and, and get to an age where they will tell you what they think, whether yes. you like it or not. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> For but your I, own good. <laughs> well, that's true. And, you know, we get this thing where, uh, you know, you get wisdom and yeah. you, you don't want that little Bible passage that says, don't throw your pearl before swines. You know, if I've got wisdom, why would I waste it on someone who's worthless? So you have to work through those things. Yeah. And I found that your older characters definitely did that. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love the idea that there, there's a cabal of Black women running things, and we yes. just sometimes don't know it. <laughs> yes, I love that. I absolutely love that. It's um, it's a love story in so many ways. Uh, you give us a, a love interest between Megan and Darius, uh, a lovely love story there. But you also give us a love story of history, and that's that's something that I was so impressed with. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, 
Right. So I, I just want to make sure I understand your question because you froze a little bit. So the historical pieces Sorry. you're saying the love story is that's all right. The love story is with history. Um, so I noticed Megan comes to this story uh, and she she comes at it lovingly. So she oh, is yeah. going back and looking for her grandparents and history. And I find that, that she does that lovingly. And then oh, yes. the, the love between her and Darius was beautiful. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, yes, I do think she approaches the story with love because she loves her grandmother. So she has this relationship with her 90 plus year old grandmother. And, you know, in the back of her mind, as she even as she's being a journalist and you know, plying her craft with all the the rules of journalism. She's thinking, you know, this is grandma's story. How much mm -hmm. do I tell her now? How do I present this to her? How much do I reveal to her? You know, so I do think she approaches it lovingly. And I and I, I particularly wanted to have her understand, and she comes to this realization in the book, you know, how did people find love here in these conditions? But but she comes to that herself. I mean, there's a real trajectory of her own self-growth in this in this book. Uh, and she's so brave, I think, at the end, when, she, when people want her to go because she's under threat, she's going like, oh no, they are dealing with the wrong black people. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that because, you know, that... It is what happens in life. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. we if we're under attack, we must stand up for ourselves or we yeah. lose our own identity. Right. And that was something good to see in her. Mm -hmm. So in Time's Undoing, uh, I read the Charlie Mack series as well. Uh, did you find it very different? Um, I know you're an author. You, is it different writing this type of story or is it the same yeah. or... It was very different for me this time. It really was. One thing, the uh, the historical pieces turned out to be very organic writing. You know, I had done I did research about 29. I did as much research as I could about my family and my my grandfather and about Birmingham, Alabama, and the, and the country in those days. You know, I really wanted to capture the the zeitgeist of the of the country at that at that point. But it turned out after I did the research, I kind of just had it in the back of my mind and I just wrote organically. I had a lot of fun writing those sections, but I knew the contemporary section had to hold the weight of the mystery. And so plotting it and the letters, there's so many letters there and making sure you know the sequencing was right and the dates were right. And I had a harder time with that, but had I not written Charlie, I wouldn't have been able to do those contemporary sections because oh. I, knew, I knew how to reveal the mystery and lay the clues out, I think. I, I thought it was wonderful. I, I assume that it would have been different in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because uh, you do have you a bit of your own history yeah. that you're trying to honor. And that's I think that's, that's tough. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you fictionalized that. So. That's right. That that was, um, you point out a good point, uh, you know, the emotional aspect of writing. It, I didn't feel it every day. Mm -hmm. but I felt it some days in really profound ways. Mm -hmm. I was able to do the, when I was doing research, I realized I was kind of paralleling the research Megan was doing in the book. Mm -hmm. so I'm reading through reams and reams of black archives, uh, new, newspaper archives. And I came across the article that you, you see in the book. That's an actual article. Oh, wow. In the St. Petersburg that reveals that my grandfather was killed by Birmingham police. We never knew that for sure. We just heard 
my mother's rumors and my grandmother's memory, you know, of it. But we had no proof, and there was the proof. And I found that while I was writing this, this book. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Just amazing, Cheryl. Amazing. <laughs> I I enjoyed this so much. Thank I'm glad you. you dug through your family history and I'm glad that you gave us a fictionalized version of it. Do you have and a I website? Or... Oh, yeah, I do. Yes. Uh, Cherylhead.com. Everything. Yeah, it's pretty easy to find me. I'm not I'm not capable of hiding and having clever <laughs> uh, addresses. So Cherylhead.com. Um, on Facebook, I have a public page, not an author page, Cheryl Head. You can find me. I'm right there. And uh, for Twitter, uh, my handle is CHeadDC. Uh, I love being on Twitter as long as we can be there because it's getting me a little cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> it can indeed. And I agree with you. I love it. And I try not to get in a rabbit hole. No, but it's no, you, certainly can't, you can't let yourself do it. <laughs> no, no. You have to you have to have some restraint when it comes to Twitter. <laughs> you do. Again, the book is called Time's Undoing and it is by Cheryl Head. Cheryl, I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you. And Man, thank you. It's always great to speak with you. Thank you. Same here. Hold on for me just a minute. Okay. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan.